Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, beautiful people. Before I started this episode, I wanted to remind you that I am giving away 10 free sticker packs to the first 10 people that review my page on Facebook. So go to my Facebook page, The Broken and Beautiful Podcast, and give me a review, a recommendation, and if you're one of the first 10, you'll get a free sticker pack. I am really nervous for some reason. I have just been sick to my stomach all day knowing that I was recording this episode tonight. I think it's because I... I have kept my side of the story and what I've gone through within my marriage really to myself. And, oh, I'm going to share some stuff with you guys, and it's hard. It's it's really scaring me. But we're going to power through. Because I wish that I had known somebody who who had gone through what I went through or was going through what I was going through at the time. It would have made a world of difference in my life. Okay, I I did not know that my ex-husband, I'm going to call him Steve for privacy purposes, I did not know that he was gay before we got married. He was everything that I wanted in a husband. He was kind and attentive and spiritual and the list goes on and on. He was my, literally my best friend. But once he finally broke out of the friend zone, because he was stuck there for a while, (laughs) we both knew that we were just meant to be together and we were supposed to get married. It was just that undeniable feeling. I was a virgin when we got married, and at 19, I was basically still a child. I should have caught on to his sexuality on our wedding night, or at least on the honeymoon, but I didn't. It was confusing and hurtful, but my naive mind thought that what was happening was normal. I thought that this is just what sex looked like in a marriage. But life was good, and we were really happy that first year being married to my best friend was just awesome. I started to piece it together after our oldest son was born. I it was probably a year and a half into our marriage. I found searches for gay pornography on our home computer. We had some discussions, but he was in denial at that point. And he didn't claim to be anything other than straight. But in my gut, I knew better. Always trust your gut. You know. Intuition is way smarter than us. Trust your gut. We lived in Salt Lake at the time. And Steve was working two jobs. And after I found the porn searches, things just got really bad. He got really distant, and 
not very loving, I guess we could say. He, in my gut, I just knew there was something going on. Our relationship was non-existent, and it was just depressing being a brand new mom and having all those hormones and the postpartum depression, and then on top of it, knowing in your gut that something is up with your husband. It was just a difficult time. And he would occasionally talk about this one man that he worked with. And he didn't admit to it until years later. But I just, I just knew that he was having an affair with this man. And at that point, he hadn't even come out to me yet. He hadn't even said the words, I think I might be gay. Like, none of that. I just knew there was something going on between the two of them. So, we moved to Hinksville in hopes of that fixing and helping our relationship. But it didn't. It got so bad that it got to the point where... I made him move into the extra bedroom in our home. He told me the love that he had for me was gone at that point. And it was the darkest and hardest thing I'd ever gone through at that point. And I just, I have to throw this in here. Our staying together was not me forcing him to stay. I told him constantly I just wanted him to be healthy and happy. He was my best friend. And you want your best friend to be happy and to be okay. Even if that meant not being married to him anymore. He mattered more to me than that. But he... He always wanted to stay together. I found resources and counselors and a whole community of people in mixed orientation marriages because I I wanted it to work. I knew that he would always struggle and not be fully happy until he came to terms with his sexuality. So I I tried and looked everywhere for resources and we did. We found a really good community that was very helpful to us. Things slowly improved. We had a good couple of years. Steve seemed really happy and accepting of himself for the first time in a really long time. Our marriage and friendship was strong at this point. And I remember thinking, we made it through really hard stuff. Really hard stuff. And so... And it's only strengthened us, so we're, we're golden. We're good to go. I'm not... I'm not going to talk about the last couple years of our marriage. I think I am still processing some of the things that happened in our last couple years of marriage. So I'm just not at the point mentally where I feel comfortable sharing some of that stuff. But shit started to really hit the fan when I was pregnant with our youngest in 2019. It was around Christmas time that I realized I was 
fed up with the lies and feeling like he resented me. I knew that I had done everything in my power to save our relationship, but it was one-sided. He had to show me that this was the life that he wanted. I asked him to move out in January of 2020 and told him that it was his chance to figure out what he wanted with his life. And we came to the conclusion that divorce was our next step. The eight years that I was married was some of the worst and best times of my life. I got my three beautiful, amazing, perfect, tiny humans out of it. I'd grown and learned and become a better person because of my marriage. I had to fight to reach that point, though. The feelings of worthlessness, worthlessness, <laughs> they seem never-ending. They still feel that way sometimes. I was exhausted from fighting so hard for somebody who wouldn't fight that way for me or us. Being married to a gay man was one of my biggest blessings, and I would tell that to everybody. <laughs> but it was also one of the most soul-crushing, devastating times of my life also. It has been, at this point right now, January 2021, it's been a year since we separated, and I'm doing pretty good, but it'll take years and maybe even a lifetime to repair some of the damage, some of the wounds. I've had so many people tell me how strong I am, and they could never imagine being married to someone who was gay. But I've never felt strong. I spent countless nights and days just sobbing, not able to get out of bed. I remember in 2015, I think it was, there was a town Christmas dinner at the church here in Hanksville, and I begged, I begged Steve to go with me, but he refused. So I packed up our toddler and I took him to the church. We attempted to talk and to mingle with all of these people I have known my whole life, and people that I know love me. And they know me. I should have felt safe and happy. But I left in tears before they could even bless the food. Because I just couldn't handle my sadness. I'm not special or strong. I'm really not. And sometimes it felt and it still feels like I was given way more than I can handle. I had to learn a lot and figure out how to be okay. I needed to know that I wasn't alone. I didn't tell anybody about the trials I was facing in my marriage for a really long time. I mean, how do you look at your conservative parents and say, oh, by the way, the guy that you trusted your little girl with is gay? <laughs> you just... We've never dealt with something like that before. I don't think at that point we even really knew very many people that were in the LGBTQ plus community. It was before, it was way before, oh, excuse me, way before my younger brother came out. I felt so isolated and alone. 
and that's a huge reason that I wanted to start this podcast. I don't want anybody to feel the loneliness that I felt. If I would have just known that somebody understood me, understood the feelings I felt, that would have made a huge difference. Having a support system, talking about what you're going through, knowing that you're not alone, is what's going to help you through the most. I wish I would have talked to somebody sooner. I wish I would have known that there were wives that felt the same way I did. I just want to help people. Life is hard. You're not alone in your struggles. Having people in your corner, it doesn't make it go away but it makes it easier to keep fighting. Okay, so we got that part out of the way. I can breathe. I asked you guys to submit questions for me to answer, and you guys came out with some good ones. I'm going to start off with the hardest one. This was difficult. He asks, in retrospect, What ways did you potentially harm your marriage? On the surface, it's easy to say that it was obviously going to end. (laughs) You can't have a fulfilling relationship with someone who isn't even attracted to your same gender. just doesn't work, (laughs) I promise. But I did give my marriage my full effort. I wanted it to work so bad that I bent over backwards to keep him happy and try and get him to love me. And so I actually think that that's what did the most harm. I should have ended things way sooner. I know it's not the answer that you're looking for, but it's really, it's a hard one because I did do everything that I could. I'm not perfect by any means. I'm, I'm a woman. Like I, yeah, I'm not perfect. I did make some mistakes, of course, but I think that not ending things when in my gut I thought that I should have, that was the most detrimental. Okay. The next question What advice would you give to a newly married couple that's going through a rough patch? And my number one thing is communication. And that means two-sided communication. Not only both people talking, but both people listening and listening to understand. You need your spouse needs to know that their feelings are valid and heard. Don't ever dismiss when your spouse is talking about how they feel, even if you feel attacked or you don't agree. You need to make sure that you guys both feel safe enough to tell the other when there's an issue. You need to be able to work through it together. And it's just very important to feel safe and be able to have those hard and uncomfortable conversations together. And then my next, but the most important answer is to take care of yourself. You might be married 
and so that makes you part of a team, right? But you're still your own person. One of the things that I read about when I was dealing with my ex-husband's pornography addiction was they compared marriage to two people riding in their own canoes to the same point. Yes, you have a goal to get to the same point in the river as your teammate, the other person in the other canoe. But if you spend all your time directing them, paddling for them, you are going to sink. You need to focus on your paddling. You need to take care of your canoe and yourself. You need to make sure you get to the finish line and just encourage you're still your own person. You need to work on your own personal healing and growth. Take time to learn about yourself and what you need. Go to therapy. Everybody should be in therapy, I think. Work on forgiving them and yourself. You need to realize that the choices that your spouse makes do not reflect on you. They have nothing to do with you. I remind myself all the time, Beyonce was cheated on by her husband. If you can be as perfect as Beyonce and still get cheated on, then the problem is not you. You can still be Beyonce and your husband can make stupid decisions. Alright, and the next question was what helped you stay consistently mentally healthy? I'm not gonna lie, when I read this question I laughed a little bit because I have not been consistently mentally healthy for the past almost nine years. But the things that help me the most when I am the healthiest is taking my medication, going to therapy, and being active. Everyone in the world, I just talked about this, everyone should be in therapy. Something else that helps me to be optimistic and not let depression eat me alive is daily gratitude. It doesn't have to be anything grand. Just get a notebook and even just, or just a piece of paper. At the end of the day, write down three to five things that you're grateful for. We started doing this around the dinner table. We all just go around and list off our three things and it is my kids' favorite thing to do. They, they try and see who can list off the most things. Okay, I was also asked, how do I prioritize time to make sure that you keep up on your mental health while also reaching your personal goals? And I would say to that, that your priority has to be your mental health. Don't even think about your personal goals until you have your mental health in check. I say this for a couple of reasons. One, you won't be able to give your 100% to try and reach your goals if you are not okay. And two, if you're trying to set goals while your mental health is kind of shoddy, they might not be goals set for the right reason. They might not be in line with what you actually need or want. So prioritize that mental health 
make sure you're okay, and then kick ass. Alright, and then the last question. If you could go back to age 17 or 18, what would you do differently? And do you have any regrets? <laughs> I would like to thank my sister's boyfriend for asking the hardest questions. He really likes to do that. I generally don't have any regrets. My philosophy is that everything I've been through, all the choices that I've made, have led me to be the person that I am now. So I can't say that I regret anything. I can't say that I would change anything because everything that I've gone through has taught me what I needed to know to be at this point. But at, I would tell myself at that age, some advice I would give myself, you don't need to please everybody. You are worthy of being treated with kindness and respect just like you treat other people. Trust your gut, you're smarter than you think, and put your happiness first. Stop being a people pleaser. Guys, <laughs> we made it. I <laughs> made it through this whole episode without crying. I'm very proud of myself. I hope that this episode made some sense. I, Like I said, I've never really told my side of the story before. So I just hope that you guys are able to glean something out of this. Thank you for listening. I would love, love, love if you guys would write me a review for the show, share the show with people, and please message me with any questions or comments. Reach out if you need help. I am here. I'm a listening ear, and I want to help. So reach out to me if you need anything. If you have a topic you want me to cover also, you can send me that. So thanks again. I love you all. Goodbye. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.